Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. And Jason, coming up on Hallis Intrigue, we will talk about the Bears putting a scare into maybe the best team in football on Sunday at Soldier Field. We'll talk about what Justin Fields was able to do and what happened to all the players around him. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, as you and I sit here in the press box at Soldier Field, I I think the best we can say about the game we just saw was that the Bears hung with maybe the best team in football uh, despite not having many performances worth anything short of the quarterback Justin Fields, and that's the one that matters. It's a low bar just to avoid embarrassment, but you have to apply different standards when they're in a season like this. You can look at these two teams right now, Pat, and and I think it shows you uh, two very different ways of evaluating where an organization is and is headed. The Eagles are fully built. Yep. They have everything. Mm -hmm. The Bears need pretty much everything. So the Eagles will be evaluated by wins and losses and how far they go in the playoffs the way you're used to evaluating teams. You can't apply that to a team like the Bears that's still bulldozing, that's still cleaning up the mess that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy left. Mm -hmm. So within that context, do you see things you like in an uneven performance against the Eagles? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles didn't play very well. Jalen Hurts, I would say, didn't play very well, even though he threw for 300 yards. He got picked off uh, twice for the first time this season. This is the safest quarterback in the NFL, interception-wise. He had his lowest quarterback rating, uh, a passer rating of the season. The Eagles weren't anywhere close to the 40 points a game they were scoring the last Mm -hmm. few weeks or their 30 points that they were averaging. This was 17-13 Eagles midway through the fourth quarter. And so the Eagles had a bad day, but the Bears had something to do with that. There are parts of this game that are gross. Yep. Getting to the 14-yard line and later punting for the Bears. Gross. Horrible. Being 3-11. and Losing seven games in a row. Awful. Disgusting. There are other things about this, though, that are promising. You have to sift. We're at, the, we're at a point with this organization where they're in the rebuild, they're in the teardown phase especially. You have to sift. The things that were good. I think start with Justin Fields, obviously. 95 yards on 15 carries. Uh, today, that's double or that's more rushing than any other player on either side had. Uh, 14 for 21 for 152 yards and two touchdowns. That is not sexy, but his passer rating was, what, 120-something? 119.5. Almost double that of Jalen Hurts, who was, in, who was in the 60s. And Justin Fields was doing this on his own. Uh, you know, no disrespect to David Montgomery or Cole Komet, but he was doing this without four of his best five wide receivers. That was it. You said Montgomery, Komet, like, that's, that's it. it. That's it. How about this? Uh, Darnell Mooney done for the year. Um, Chase Claypool out for this game, at least with a knee injury. Uh, Nikhil Harry gets ruled out 90 minutes before kickoff with a back injury despite playing in practice all week. Equinemius St. Brown is nominally their best receiver to start the game. He catches a third down pass, and he gets a concussion, so he's out. Justin Fields is essentially throwing to practice squad guys and bottom-of-the-barrel guys all game. On the final drive, he threw passes to – he threw two completions to Simba Webster. 
the returner, the guy that's been on and off the practice squad the last couple of years. The guy who came off the practice squad Saturday. And Jason, do you know how many times he'd ever had a ball thrown to him in the NFL in his career? He's been around for a little bit, maybe 20. No, the answer is zero. Um, before today, he had never been targeted in the NFL. Uh, in the final drive, the Bears throw to him twice. He catches two passes. Uh, Justin Fields throws to Valus Jones, and it's incomplete. Valus Jones has four catches uh, in his Bears career. Or, put more simply, one more catch than he has fumbles, and we'll get to that in a second. They're handing off to Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans, Jason, somebody who had 12 carries coming into the game. He's playing with second, third, and fourth stringers and almost, almost getting there. And we're not throwing a parade because they came close. But, man, you need to understand the context of what Justin Fields had to put up with today, what he's, you know, and the rest of the season probably – uh, in terms of not getting the help that you see Jalen Hurts getting, for example. A.J. Brown, pretty good at what he does. Devontae Smith, pretty good at what he does. Miles Sanders, despite being really bad today, pretty good at what he does. Best oh. offensive line in the game. Oh, absolutely. Elite defense. Yeah, and the Bears' offensive line isn't. And their best player, according to Pro Football Focus at least, Tevin Jenkins had a really scary injury at the start of the game. We'll get into that in a second. But Justin Fields, I thought was playing one on 11 at times. And the fact that it wasn't a blowout, like you said, is, it's remarkable. It's not worthy of a parade, but if you're looking for things to grab onto, it is remarkable. There, You can't evaluate the Bears as wins and losses and almost wins, not this season. Right. I, I generally agree with doing that, but mm-hmm. that just wouldn't make sense in this season. You have to evaluate them based on what they're doing that would get them into that category down the road. Yep. Uh, the standard is always, are you competing for a championship or clearly headed that way? And I can't say that the Bears are clearly headed that way, but they've done in year one what they needed to do as the first step toward that. You couldn't just keep together this team with all its salary cap problems and with no draft assets coming forward. You had to do what Ryan Poles does. Whether he can take the next couple steps down that path is unknown, and we'll have to see that this offseason. But you also, Pat... In a season like this, you have to do exactly what you were just doing and separate out different aspects, different compartments of the game. Justin Fields being the biggest compartment of that game. And here's some great, uh, here, here's something really compelling about Justin Fields. He, he's the best running quarterback in the game. And Lamar Jackson is still in his prime. I know he's hurt right now, but he's better than Lamar Jackson. He might be the best running quarterback ever in the game. Well, it's funny you bring that up because he set the Bears record uh, for rushing yards in a season by a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And he became today the third quarterback in NFL history, joining Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, to rush for 1,000 yards in a season. And he does it in his 13th game, the Bears' 14th game of the season. So this this isn't like a fake record or a new record because of the extra games or anything like that. Here's why that means so much to the Bears. That's not going away. Right. That's not fluky. That's not something you saw him do once, like Mitch Trubisky throwing six touchdowns mm-hmm. and kind of inflating his stats to end up as a Pro Bowl player that season. Like This is something Justin Fields can do for as long as he is healthy. But this is instructive, too. When we talk to Justin after the game, somebody asks about the 1,000 yards, and he says all the right things. So, you know, uh, you know I play for my teammates, you know, credit to the big man upstairs, all that sort of thing. And then he says this, Jason. I don't plan on running for 1,000 yards every season. (laughs) And he says this because he views scrambling and running as a necessary evil. As a, if I got to put my head down and do this to move the ball, I will. 
But the hope is that the Bears aren't relying on him to run for his life in order to move the football in future years. Now, like we just said, he needs, what, 208 yards or something to become the greatest running quarterback single season in the history of the sport. Yes. Maybe the Bears would be wise to allow him to keep running this way. But it's clear that he thinks of himself as a thrower who runs when he has to. And man, that's if he can get to that point where Jalen Hurts was today, where he could put it in a bucket to A.J. Brown down a sideline and then also run, I mean, <laughs> then you really have something. It's not that he has to become a passer, but he has to be able to be a passer. Yep. He has to have that. I, th- I think that he has to have both things. So I don't see ever phasing this out of his game until he's like 35 or whatever. Sure. Uh, and it's, it's a necessity. But... There are going to be times, and we've seen games this season, where teams are not going to let him do that. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, go ahead, throw for 300 yards if you can. Right. And he, so far, he can't. No, no, he can't. And Not, not just because of him, by the way. <laughs> because of the pass protection and the people around him. Right, yeah. But so far, no one has seen that he could do that. No, but Jason, if we that's true. We, can't even, we haven't seen that he can throw for 250 consistently. And almost every quarterback in football can do that at this point. But if you and I got in our time machine and went back a year or two years or three years and could hear the conversation that you and I are having right now, which is they've got the quarterback, now they need the other stuff, that is franchise-changing good news for the Bears. And you know he needs to get there. He needs to throw more. He needs to throw more accurately, particularly short and middle-distance stuff. But if you think they've got their quarterback, and I, I think they do, Man, that is good news if we're complaining about everybody else around him. I think I think they do, but is that the is that the best news? It's a long list of things they need, Pat. It is a super long list. But the way they, they need everything. Well, I mean, let's talk in terms of We did go though from everything but the quarterback to only the quarterback and almost nothing else. Well, and, and here's what they have. That's they have, true. They have money, they have the most money in the NFL to spend. Do you know how many By good, a lot. Do you know how many good quarterbacks have hit the free agent market in the last 10 years? None. Ever, ever. Uh they can, you know, good receivers, you can trade for AJ Brown. By the way, AJ Brown in person is unreal. I didn't appreciate how big he was or how fast he moved. Uh, the semen person was crazy. But, you know, last year the Eagles just traded for him, gave up a first-round pick, but they did it because they could spend the money to give him the extension. That's possible out there in the world. You can draft a defensive lineman. You can pay offensive linemen. The quarterback's the one you got to develop on your own for the most part. And it seems like the Bears are getting there. Um, they certainly – this is about as optimistic of a quarterback situation as I can think of since – the day they traded for Jay Cutler, probably. I agree with you. I mean, we're kind of saying the same thing. It's just that, like, the dearth at quarterback mm-hmm. that previously existed yeah. is now basically the dearth of the rest of the team. It's yeah. like that stark. Yeah. No pass rush. Mm-hmm. Like, very little in the secondary at this point. Well, and how about this? All offensive line spots completely up for grabs. Jason, if you had made a list walking into the game today of the number of players participating in this game, who are going to be important members of the 2023 Bears. I think you probably get to about eight, somewhere between eight and ten. Like, important contributors. And Tevin Jenkins would be one of them. Tevin and, Jenkins probably and their so, best offensive lineman. And so year. would Jack Sanborn. And, and let's get into both of them really quick. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, in the first quarter, was blocking, and it seemed innocuous enough, Jason, and, and fell to the ground. And the Bears calling it a neck injury. Um they brought out the backboard or the spinal board, whatever you want to call it, rolled them over on it, put it on a, on a, on a cart, 
and then took him to the hospital. This is scary stuff, obviously. This is real life injury, not just football injury. Yeah. And, and the Bears said that reports from the hospital were encouraging and good. Uh, a couple of the players I talked to made it sound like um, they were relieved that things weren't worse. Um, his extremities moved while he was on the field, both his he was arm, talking. arms, legs, talking. These are all good signs in the big picture. However, um, you have to think that the prospects of him playing for the rest of the season aren't very good. Uh, and, and let's hope he gets to the point where playing time is the thing worth worrying about and not anything more serious. But, you know, that's, that's one of those players who now the Bears, you know, didn't get a look at today uh, that they need to get a look at for their future. Well, the vibe on everything people were saying about Tevin Jenkins right after that happened, right after the game, was that he's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, as a person, he's all right. right. There was not any real talk about, you know, whether anything related to football. No. And, well, and, I, and it's very hard to know, until there's more information on that, how serious that'll be. And this is a guy, Pat, that had, has had a history of back problems. I mean, there's a, there's, a lot, uh, there's a lot of concerns with Tevin Jenkins. I think it's important to point out, too, that Doctors and, and trainers always err on the side of caution when it comes to spinal and neck issues that you put them on the board because the worst thing you could do is do further damage um, when they're there. And then Jack Sanborn, it seems silly to put these in the same category, uh, but Jack, Jack Sanborn hurts his left ankle. He's in a walking boot. He's got a crutch. Uh, you know, Matt Eberfuss used the word MRI today. That's not good. Um, he had been one of their few bright spots on defense. I think uh, Mark Potash's stat coming into the game was since he took over as the starter, Sanborn had been averaging more tackles per game than Roquan Smith had. And Roquan Smith had led the league in tackles at the time he was traded. Uh, so that's, that's not a good sign for you know, what little value you can get out of these last three games uh, diminishes even more so with those two guys maybe unable to play in them. So all of that taken into account then, Patrick, with so many talented players that have already exited through being traded or getting hurt, uh, going on IR, and now more guys going down. You don't know if Claypool is going to come back. What is the point of the last three games? What What is the purpose of this from a, a big-picture standpoint? To continue the proof of concept for your offense and your offense under Justin Fields, to continue to show to yourselves in the league that Justin Fields can operate an NFL, fully functional, multifaceted NFL offense. I don't think we're quite there yet. And I think it's also to watch the younger guys. And I want to bring up three of them that we saw today. Um, Jaquan Brisker, the safety, Kyler Gordon, the slot corner, and Valus Jones, the wide receiver. They're top three draft picks. Top three draft picks. This year. And uh, up and down, let's, let's, to be polite for them. Kyler Gordon had an interception and a fumble recovery today, as productive as he's ever been. Uh, as an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaquan Brisker blitzed on a safety blitz late in the first half, went to the wrong hole. Uh, Jalen Hurts saw it, ran up the open hole, and was untouched for a 22-yard touchdown that gave the Eagles the lead. And then Valus Jones, Valus Jones, Jason, <laughs> takes a sweep and puts the ball on the ground. And I think in a sign of really bad luck, fumbles the ball toward the sideline, and the ball just stops and is recovered by the Eagles. It's the third fumble he has this season. The previous two were on punts that he dropped. We also saw a straight-up fumble uh, on a kick return in the preseason. First time he ever touched the ball in the NFL. Yes. And 
on a day like today, when they, again, are playing without four of their best five wide receivers, you need Bayless Jones. You may not need him to be a star, but you need him to not screw up. And he screwed up, and you wonder whether this coaching staff will give him another opportunity this season at receiver. Now, we can talk about we can talk about kick returner. Oh, he's a good kick returner. As a third-round pick, he's got to be more than that. He had an opportunity today, and he screwed up. Pat, it's his rookie season. Yep. It's three. We're not even done with his rookie season. And this isn't. this is the second or third time we've had the are they still going to give Valus Jones any more chances conversation about something? Right. Um, I can't underscore for you enough how upset Matt Eberflus was about Brisker's error on that touchdown run and Valus Jones' fumble. Matt Eberflus is very measured, very restrained when he talks publicly. He could not have been clearer that he was very upset about both things. He was... Let's start with Brisker. That's the bigger mistake. That That is a huge mistake in this game. That is the far more costly mistake in this game. And Matt Eberflus, you could tell, uh, was boiling under the surface right. about that because he could not have been clearer that Jaquan Brisker went to the wrong spot. And in Matt Eberflus's words, we had that play dead to rights. Right. That that play, not only did, did, did he score a touchdown, but that would have been a loss right. had Jaquan Brisker done the right thing on that play. Right. Hugely costly error in the game. Yeah, if you force a field goal, if you force a field goal, it's a whole different game. Not an error that I think is reflective of Jaquan Brisker's rookie season or where he's headed. Right. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a great pick. Valus Jones, on the other hand, a far less costly mistake, but a far more indicting mistake. Absolutely. And, and when we talk about that list of receivers that aren't playing, and we talk about what the Bears need this offseason, Valus Jones has done absolutely nothing to convince them that, that he can hold down a wide receiver position full time. You know, maybe he can return some kicks, and that's lovely, but that's not enough. And, you know, you just, you know, last week he plays about a quarter of their offensive snaps. Which is the most he had played all season long. Everything has been, hey, we're playing him more. He's doing better. And then this was not better. Imagine that, Pat. Imagine that I was to tell you, like, you know, a month ago, hey, they're going to get to a point where they're starting to play Valus Jones a little bit more on receiver, on offense, and the coaches are telling you at every turn. And it doesn't sound to me like just, you know, blowing smoke, but at every turn they're telling you he's doing much, much better. He's really starting to get it. And then you go into a game where Mooney's out, Claypool's out, Equinemius St. Brown gets hurt. If I Harry is out, if I painted that picture for you, you'd be thinking, oh, this is the Valus Jones breakout game. This is when it's everything is coming together at just the right time for Valus Jones. Uh, One target today? Two targets today. One catch, three yards, and a lost fumble. Yeah, one of them was on the final drive of the game. It was an incomplete pass. Somebody asked Justin Fields today about a crossing route. Uh, in which uh, they thought Valus was open, and, and Justin said, well, he's faster than just about any linebacker in the NFL. Oh, cool. Okay. Why don't we give him the ball? And Why doesn't he hold on to it? And then we'll see if he's faster. Uh, his speed is obvious, but his flaws are really obvious too. And, you know, it looks like you hate to – you don't want to write off a guy this early, but that does not look like a good pick. And you and I can go home and watch highlight reels – of George Pickens, of Christian Watson. We can look at all of these wide receivers that seem to pick it up really quick and that the Bears, if they wanted to, could have drafted in the second round. Maybe not with the Brisker pick, maybe not with the Gordon, or maybe with the Brisker pick or the Gordon One pick. One of the two. They could have gone and filled their most important need 
that way. Instead, they went with a gadget player in the third round, and he's not even that at this level. Right now, he's he runs a fake fly sweep every once in a while, and you go, ooh, and that's all he is. And it's maddening, and it's also maddening because he's a guy who I think you and I both um, like. He's incredibly likable. Yes. He's a guy you absolutely want to see do well just based on your personal interactions with him. And you cannot write him off. You can't write no. him off. He, he could continue to do this the rest of the season, and you can't write him off because guys do have horrible rookie seasons and then turn it around. That is possible. But there is nothing so far that suggests that this is going to work out. Not just in his own play, but in how things changed when they brought in Claypool. Now you're look and Mooney not making the jump actually kind of works against Velas Jones in a way that the Bears still need to go get someone at wide receiver that's over the top of yeah. Claypool and Mooney. Yeah. So well then if you got TBD and Claypool and Mooney, where would Velas Jones even fit unless he really turns it up? That's the thing is is you know, you can't write him off, but you can sure as hell replace him in the rotation. It's narrow. And the path is narrow for him. Yeah, and, and if, if they go out and spend money on somebody uh, to get those snaps next year, uh, that's that's bad news for him. And Pat, on a 3-11 and team with hardly any receivers that you would recognize or want out there, right. if Valus Jones was on top of things, yeah. he'd be playing a ton and getting the ball a ton. Jason, can I read you the Bears' leading uh, receivers in order? Please do. Thrill me, Pat. Cole Komet, David Montgomery. Fine, right? Those are the two guys you mentioned as guys they have. Okay. Byron Pringle, two catches. Simba Webster, two catches. EQ St. Brown, one for 20. Then he got hurt. Dante Pettis, one for 13. Valus Jones, one for three. That's it. Those are your Bears' receivers. And uh, if, what, is Valus Jones the only one even on the team next year? I mean... You know, Komet, I mean, Komet's on the team, obviously. Everybody else is pretty dispo- <laughs> disposable at this point. And Valus, Valus had a chance to make himself not disposable and did He's had that chance throughout the season, and he's been a healthy scratch a couple times. And again, man, it is early, but there nothing in the early part of this has gone well. No, no, it hasn't. At least the Buffalo Bills come to town, Jason, and... Uh... <laughs> That's the thing, man. I was thinking this is going to be the just the nastiest, toughest, most ferocious opponent that they'll have seen all season until six days from now, <laughs> which might, which probably better, maybe better, maybe. probably better. Yeah, Bills are probably better. Well, and I'll give the Bears. By a hair. Yeah, I'll give. I mean, they both might face each other in the Super Bowl. I'll give the Bears this. Uh, they didn't get. They didn't get murdered uh, on Sunday. We'll see whether they can hang in there on Saturday. That's going to be a lot tougher. One of the things we didn't mention, Jason, Jalen Johnson going down with a ribs injury. Uh, you're going to need him against Stephon Diggs, but he's got six days to feel better. Jason and I will be back as the week goes on as well. Mark Potash, I'm sure, will join us. Until then, you can follow Jason and I on Twitter. Check us out on the Sun-Times, both on the website and in print if you can. And if you like the show, please like, rate, and review it. Until then, he's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.